0: Welcome back to Detroit Strange.
1: This podcast. I know I said that in like the weird commercial voice. That's what came the out. The intro voice. Yes. The intro voice. Yeah. Uh nothing like my regular voice.
0: I don't even know what my regular voice sounds like anymore because I feel like it changes so much with like my mood mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm like, uh, eh, however I sound today, that's how I sound today.
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, mine definitely changes on my mood and the type of conversation I'm having, yeah, I would say too. I was thinking about this earlier, actually because it's a lot more soothing my voice when I kind of drop down a little bit and don't get excited about things because uh-huh. when I get excited, I turn into like Midwestern mouse,
0: oh yeah, and Stuart little
1: uh-huh it's not the best
0: I feel that when I get loud and excited it definitely goes up and becomes a little more mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I mean sometimes that can work yeah. um, if I'm doing you know a character yeah <laughs> Uh, that's obnoxious it works really well there yeah <laughs> but that's okay all all voices are beautiful exactly even midwestern ones
0: absolutely I don't know why I went Australian for that not midwestern you'll no. betcha
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh Wait, nope, yeah, no, yeah, oh, no, yeah,
0: <laughs> just an op.
1: I do love throwing it open, oh, yeah, hmm The one that I'm like actually the worst at is the I'm just gonna squeeze
0: past you, yeah, I say that too, I'm like, let me just sneak past you here, uh-huh,
1: all the time, and i've I've recently realized how much. I say, but I don't know what else to say in those situations. It is a lot
0: placer than move bitch, yeah. which is what the alternative. Or I've definitely used before.
1: What's even worse to me too is sometimes pardon because I feel like that can kind of be a little bitchy too in its own way. Pardon me. Kind of like a weird status. Or I don't know. It just feels
0: What if you go French and you're like excusez moi And then just <laughs> shut past.
1: They'll be like, oh, I get it.
0: Yeah. This not the from European. the Midwest,
1: yeah.
0: They're in a hurry, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they do that in other countries. I think they just push through, depending on the country. I think it depends on the country.
1: That makes sense, yeah. But some
0: countries are not about the pleasantries. They're like, I'm just trying to get to where I'm trying to be, and I respect that.
1: But I also feel within those cultures, too, then it's also not offensive to be like that. Yeah, True. Because that's the whole thing—is here you don't want to offend somebody.
0: Right, that's the whole thing in the Midwest. Yeah, so suffer in silence, you dumb mm-hmm. bitch. Basically, the U.S., the Midwest. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to bother, but my house is on fire. So if you could send someone, but like no rush, no worries. Just it's like, fine. You could send someone, just like when you can. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much for putting out that fire. Right. That's so nice of you.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> Midwest is a trip. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mostly like it. There's, you know, goods and bads.
1: Yeah. And that's a, that. <laughs>
0: a big branch fell in my front yard. Oh, we
1: saw that video. That was insane.
0: But yeah, that was a lot. It was too much. Honestly, I like said that I was um, I was like gratefully annoyed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like. I can acknowledge that it's good that it didn't hit my house. Mm-hmm. and. You know, I didn't did you list- think it
1: had it at any point. Like, wh- were you home when it happened? Yes. So okay. here's
0: the here's the full tea. OK, so like yes. I was. And
1: y'all, I will try to share this on our Instagram because.
0: Yeah, share the video because the video is actually yeah. really funny. I'll have
1: you. I'll have you send it to me. Yeah. Where I can download it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I like I'm sitting in my house Friday night. There's like a blustery storm outside. I'm like, I'm going nowhere. And I have made anyway. I was just like, I'm going nowhere. I'm going to sit in my basement, smoke some weed, eat some food, make some coin, and love all my friends, except for just the first two, because I'm not Jasmine Masters. But, so I'm sitting in my basement, high, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I just like, hear, like, uh, like kind of hear a thud, but mostly just like, feel the whole like, room shake. And I'm like, what the fuck was that?
1: Did you think there was a tree in your
0: living room? Well, no, i like... I'm sitting here, I'm like, what the fuck was that? I thought, like, maybe my furnace has exploded. Oh, my gosh. So then I'm, like, walking up the stairs to go check what the is. I'm like, what if this is it? What if things are just ending and this is how it starts? Like, <laughs> like this is Armageddon. The bombs have dropped. That's what this was. But then I got up <laughs> to ground level from my bunker and was like, we're good. But <laughs> now, were dark, you relieved
1: so I, that there's more or... <laughs>
0: I was just like creepily like lurking through my house like, is anything on here good? Everything in here good? Everything in here good? I was really afraid to open the storage room door to look at the furnace and like, please don't be like a smoldering pile of whatever. Yeah, It was fine. I'm like, cool. Everything's good. Everything's good. It must have okay. just been something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. It was good. So then the next morning I wake up and I'm laying in bed and I'm like, ugh, I can see the snow. I don't have my glasses on yet, but I can see the snow because it's white outside. So I'm like, let's see what the damage is. And instead of putting my glasses on, I just pull up my, I grab my phone and open my porch cam. (laughs) And then I noticed that there's like this tree sized fucking branch, just like sprawled across my yard, blocking the sidewalk, kind of on my driveway. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't even know what to do about this. (laughs) And so I just like started clearing it. Cause I was like, well, I have to go. Somewhere eventually. Well, it was the day of hamburger land. So I was like, oh, okay. I need to go get fabric to make my cape. So <laughs> this branch can, this can be an issue for later. Mm-hmm. So my neighbor comes out and she's like, well, you could try calling. Like I've seen people posting on places, numbers that you can call. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't help me. I wish you could give me the number. But I also, you helped me more than you needed to neighbor because we barely talk. Yeah. And so I'm like, fuck, I'm oh, just like pissed off. And I'm at Lowe's with the handsaw in my hand of like, I mean, this will work. But then I'm like, <laughs> no, it Fuck this. I'm not. I'm going to try hard on this number. So they like, tried calling public works. but They were like, whatever. Oh, so I called oh. the non-emergency line of the mm-hmm. police. I was like, hey, there's a branch blocking the sidewalk in front of my house. I'm like, it's blocking the sidewalk. It has to be a yes. problem. Yes. And so they're like, oh, we'll send someone over there to ca- take care of it. We don't know how many teams are working right now, but we'll we'll put it on their list. Yeah. I'm like, great. So I run my errands. I come home and I'm just sitting in the basement and I'm like sewing for like four hours straight. And then I go upstairs. I look out the window and see that they just sawed the part of the branch that was blocking the sidewalk and just rolled it into my yard. <gasps> so it wasn't blocking the sidewalk anymore. Oh my gosh. And I was like, those motherfuckers, what am I paying taxes for? God damn it. Now it's still my fucking problem. Blah. And then like, Just pissed. Yeah. So then Sunday rolls around and I go to Lowe's and I'm like, okay, I'll buy a chainsaw because fuck a handsaw. So I bought a chainsaw Uh and I bought a hatchet. Okay. And I'm like, I will take care of this in stages. It's going to take me as long as it takes me, whatever. Yeah. So Sunday, I spend like an hour just getting all the small branches broken off, broken up, put behind my garage so I can hopefully use them in a bonfire this summer. You're going to have
1: the best bonfires all summer from this experience. Yeah.
0: So I'm like, fuck the logs. They can stay there until tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. So tomorrow rolls around. It's now Monday.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yesterday. Yeah. We're recording this.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, just, you know, work and do whatever, whatever. And then I look outside and Public Works is there and they're throwing the pieces into a chipper. I'm like, fuck yeah, they are taking care of it. Oh, they just did what they They just did what they needed to do because then, like, it was yeah. emergency hours for them. And there were so not- many
1: other things happening around the city, I'm sure, after that right. storm. Yeah. And okay. So, so I'm like... Would have been nice for them to uh, mention that, though.
0: Right. Well, the good thing was is that I hadn't opened the chainsaw yet. Oh. And so I was able oh. to return it to Lowe's, which was the errand I had to run after the chiropractor today.
1: I love that. Congratulations well, yeah. on returning your chainsaw.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: chainsaws are very terrifying to me.
0: Yeah, I was kind of like, we'll see how this goes. And like, I have mm-hmm. a circular saw, but I'm like, it's covered in snow and it's wet. I don't want to ruin my circular saw. No, and that's I also... I also haven't used yet.
1: There, I mean, saws in general, you know, you just have to be really safe with them. They can be yeah. used correctly. But in the wet
0: yeah i'm uh, not trying to fuck with that
1: no, no,
0: maybe it was gas powered, but it was not
1: no, and just the slipperiness too, I think yeah I want the wood I'm cutting through to be nice and dry,
0: yeah, yeah, so it's gone, and it's good.
1: congratulations, yeah, that's a lot. that is a lot of um stuff happening with no warning,
0: yeah, a very eventful eventful weekend. But it all resolved itself. It sounds like it. Yeah.
1: that um, is far more eventful than my weekend. I'm trying to even remember what I did this weekend. I have no idea. Oh, I went on a hike.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah. I went on a hike and then I watched a movie that came out a couple of years ago. I forget the name of it. It's a comedy and it's got a bunch of not Muppet Muppets in it. And it's real dirty and raunchy.
0: It's, Sausage Fest, isn't it? No. It's, it's no, is but it live is this, action?
1: No. Yes. Okay. So there's like real people, and then there's Muppets That Live in this world, and it was a detective movie, and Maya Rudolph
0: was in it. Oh, I vaguely remember. Yeah. It's like, wasn't awesome Melissa McCarthy in it? Yes. That was the next person oh, I was going to say. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but no. I remember it came out.
1: It's interesting. So it's, it's really bad. Dr- It's by it's not by Jim Henson, but it it is by Henson, like uh, Brian. Is that the current? I don't know what the current one is. I don't know, but it's called Henson Alternative. Was the name of the production company? And I was like, I see why you couldn't go to the Jim Henson. Henson, or- Henson yeah, shouldn't call it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's got some stuff in it.
2: Yeah,
0: it's got
1: some moments. I was just like,
0: wow. It, it looked like a stinker from like even just like the poster.
1: I wouldn't even say it was bad.
0: It wasn't bad. I
1: was entertained to watch it the whole time. There's Would you de-
0: watch it again? That's the best question.
1: definitely a lot of blue in it. Yeah. Maybe if somebody wanted to see it, I'd watch it with a person, but I'm not seeking
0: it out. Okay. That's how I feel about Protégé.
1: Okay. You were talking...
0: This movie makes no fucking sense. It is okay. bizarre. It's Samuel L. Jackson. I think it was him. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Okay. Jackson was in this Solid. movie. He's an assassin. Okay. And he's off doing assassin things, which is murdering people. hmm When he comes across this young Asian girl, because he's in Vietnam and assassinating people, and she's just in this locker, in this room where everybody's dead, and she's got a gun. That's not good. And so he adopts her, raises her as his own, and they're now, like, assassin assassin buddies. Okay. Killing people, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it turns out that, Samuel Jackson Wait, is this has, a
1: spoiler? Do we need a spoiler alert?
0: Sure. Okay. Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> For a movie that Alex does not recommend.
0: It's a movie I recommend watching exactly one time okay. just to see the spectacle of it. Okay. But it's not a good movie. Okay. So they have Maggie Q is the lead actress. Mm-hmm. She's maybe like 30s or 40s. Her co- or like Her love interest in the movie was played by... Michael Keaton, who is 70-something. Huh. And, like, me of all people is not here to shit on a May-December romance. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't help but feel that Michael Keaton was miscast. Did he deliver? He did. But it's also like, why is Grandpa taking that girl along, you know? It felt like such an unnecessary choice. I don't know if, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt it. like such well, a weird creative choice. Like I was gonna
1: say, and there's there's movies where that choice is made deliberately. Yeah. And is actually a part of the movie itself. So that's yeah. gonna read differently where it sounds like it's just how it is and there's no recognition of it.
0: It feels like whoever wrote this movie is an old man. Like an old <laughs> straight white nasty man. Okay. Who is just like
1: a little gone from reality? Yeah,
0: Yeah. you can tell with some of the dialogue too, where it's like "my pussy" or something. I'm like that no real woman would ever actually say, but the dialogue was written that way Mm -hmm. for this nasty old man, who I'm assuming wrote this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's probably been in Hollywood and removed from actual. I gotta look now and see who wrote this. Okay, just like weird choices all around. I don't plan to watch it. That's what it sounds like. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was directed by Martin Campbell, the guy who directed both Goldeneye and Casino Royale. Okay, two so Two very should successful be, yeah. action movies. It was written by Richard Wank.
1: Boom! Yeah. What did I call it? That is accurate, though. Alex's description fit the picture.
0: Other other gems he's written. The Equalizer, The Equalizer 2, The Expendables 2. But then also Sweet Valley High? <laughs> like, oh, wait, there's... <laughs> The show?
1: Yes. The TV show? Yes. That actually explains a lot. That show is yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah. He directed that. Oh. He wrote the protege. It's got hot garbage. But like the trailer makes it look so good. So uh, whoever made the trailer cut enough turns out of that to make mm-hmm. it look good. That's always such a bummer when the trailer exceeds the movie. And like it's it sucks because like I did like Maggie Q in this role. I thought mm-hmm. she was a great action protagonist. And I would love to see her in things that weren't written. On the back of a napkin in 1994 <laughs> and then was pulled out of a vault in Produced, 2021. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I got this idea. Let's just polish this turd. Yeah. But yeah. So Maggie Q, great. Mm-hmm. And just oh, boot nasty.
1: I will tell you the other movie that I've seen that I can't recommend enough. Okay. Let's just go on the other side of it. Cocaine Bear. Okay. I heard I good things. I loved Cocaine Bear so much. Uh-huh. I would probably even go see in the theater again because it was just fun to watch.
0: Everybody in it's fantastic. How often have you seen movies more than once in the theater?
1: Not super often. So that's actually a huge. I mean, sometimes it's dependent on people going or something like that. Deliberately, very rare.
0: I can only think of one movie on record that I have done it for. Okay. Any guesses? Came time out. to die no surprisingly i saw it once in theaters and i was like
1: oh yeah that one you're kind of like um. i
0: i've only watched it like twice yeah, okay. which is weird for me i'm
1: not gonna lie i just saw the poster and that's why it popped in my
0: oh head. yeah no
1: is it a james bond movie though no
3: okay Ooh.
0: i believe it was 2018 just to give you a time period
3: I'm like
1: blanking on every movie that's ever been made in my head right now. <laughs> Nothing is there.
0: Fair. It's a musical.
1: A musical in 2018. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Um,
0: it's a sequel.
1: A sequel musical? Was yeah. it pitch perfect too?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Oh, Mama Mia. It was Mama Here we Mia. Go again. Yes. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I got there. I got there.
0: I remember I saw it once. Probably alone, and then for my birthday, I took the day off and went alone again to go see it.
1: I love that. Yeah, so much. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm getting excited about going to the movies again too because it's fun again. I hear that.
0: I hear that. It's I, amazing. The last movie I think I saw was the Menu. And I liked it. I liked. The, I
1: didn't see that in theater. I just saw that at home.
0: Yeah. That was a, that was a mind fuck, but it was a really good mind fuck. I kind of think it was snubbed a little bit at the Oscars. 'Cause it wasn't nominated mm-hmm. for anything. Yeah. I feel like given some of the shit that was nominated, like they could have thrown something. Mm-hmm. Like either I feel like maybe like either like a writing credit def, like a writing one mm-hmm. for screenplay. Or even I feel like Ray Fines could have got got I, nominated for like either supporting or leading actor.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I mean he did he portrays a that. fantastic yeah. job. I wonder if it's one of those things because it's one of those movies that makes people uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes, yeah, but things it's the like that. Oscars. I know, but sometimes they overlook stuff like that. That's true. Because that is a that's a a look in the mirror kind of movie too, to a certain degree. Yeah. So I think that makes people uncomfortable. But Especially I think it's also movie. why it was kind of
0: yeah I mean,
1: really interesting. It does
0: kind of like I feel like recently there's been this trend in like media of like these eat the rich messages a like lot of it yeah and i'm i'm here for all I'm of it i am as well yeah i am into it
1: let's keep them coming right i love it they're interesting yeah and well done they've all been well the
0: ones i've seen have been well done too yeah yeah it's probably cuz the writers are writing about what they know and not like I'm trying to write this story about this poor struggling woman in this inner city who's just trying to feed Mm -hmm. her kids. But I have no experience with this because I am some old white guy. No, I mean,
1: you hit the nail on the head, though. That's the the whole thing is write what you know. Yeah. If you don't know something, it doesn't mean you can't incorporate it. But you have to do your research and doing your research is actually talking to people and working with other people.
0: You know, what I mean, just doing something or else you end up with music by Sia. Do you remember you, that movie?
1: No, but I the do remember you talking movie? about it now. Yeah. I thought you meant her actual music catalog, and I was like, I like it. But no, no. yes, now I know what you're talking about. No, yeah.
0: music, the name of the movie, she wrote about autism without yeah. talking to anyone first.
1: Yeah, and you can't. You just... You Is can't. she autistic?
0: No. no. Was Maddie Ziegler autistic? No. I don't think anyone in the production even could spell autism with how much <laughs> they did in that movie. <laughs> that was not...
1: And that's why... I didn't actually see yeah. it,
0: but I just read a lot of articles. Yeah. I say.
1: No, it just...
0: I don't know anyone who has seen it, to be honest.
1: I don't either. I think I've just heard you talk about it, and then somebody else also knew it but hadn't seen it and talked about it,
0: too. If you've seen (laughs) uh, music by Sia...
1: Let us know. Give
0: us your hot takes.
1: We would love some hot takes from that. Yeah. Do you want to hear some stories?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, as mentioned last time... This episode is gonna be a little bit of an extension of the last episode. Okay. Which we talked about the Detroit occult murders, also known as the St. Aubin Street Massacre. Yeah. And I couldn't help myself, but I found a little bit more research about that. Okay. And a little bit of this is just to like recall a couple of things about it, because we're gonna kind of stay in the St. Auburn area for a bit. Uh Uh-huh. Recap and updates. So Benny Evangelista was the person we're speaking about. He immigrated from Naples to the States in his teens. He first set up in Pennsylvania near his brother, where he began to study the occult practices. Uh Uh, He met a coworker. The two of them got along in this. uh, And that guy's name was Aurelius Angelino. Angelino one day in 1919 snapped and murdered two of his four children with an ax and came out his wife. Benny's brother, Antonio, grew worried about his brother since he had began to write a book that was planned to be a series of four books that reflected messages he'd received uh, from God nightly between 12 and three about the actual creation of everything. Uh-huh. And that was very against their Catholic upbringing. Yeah, And Benny moved away a short time after the murders and moved to Detroit. In Detroit, he began to invest in real estate, grew a profitable career, but he still practiced the occult. In fact, he grew his practice and had, Created his own religion of sorts, which I did not find this before, but he actually called it the Union Federation of America. Okay. And he had started that back in Pennsylvania. And he attempted to gather a following, which there's no good information if he had one or not. Yeah. He did things like spells, rituals, sometimes animal sacrifice, unfortunately, and very sadly. Uh Hexes and practices at about $10 a service or two days on the assembly line. Business was good. He also created the exhibit in his basement, the great celestial planet exhibition, which, you know, had a bunch of puppety doll things representing planets and a glowing eye at the center. And then he and his whole family were found murdered by Axe. Very gruesome, very horrible. Still cold to this day. The police didn't secure the property. Civilians were allowed to walk in the house when the bodies were still in there and things like that. So it just didn't have a lot of things. And there were theories ranging from the black can, which was the Italian mafia extortion ring, that it kind of disbanded a little bit. Or Aurelius, who had since escaped from the asylum he was being held in, Mm -hmm. uh, coming and doing this. Or there were two men, one of whom was closing a deal on a house with Benny. And they were found with some items that could have indicated it was them. Mm -hmm. Occult practices are also, you know, theorized and more. So that's the recap. Yeah. Let's start with the story of Aurelius. And I heard this on the podcast, So Dead, and also some articles that I found online. I'm blown away at this story. All right. So Aurelius and Benny were working together in Pennsylvania. One day on the job, Aurelius, who also went by Leon, sustained a head injury at work. He Mm -hmm. couldn't work after this, though, and he wasn't on his own. He had a wife and four children to support. Helen, age eight, Aurelius Jr., age six, and twins, Edwig and Offergi, age four.
0: What a bunch of names.
1: Yep. They didn't have much money to begin with, and the family was living in a very small house in Little Italy of Lancaster County in Pennsylvania. But without Leon working, things became even tighter. His wife, Frida, would go on to state later that he had been a good man and father, but since the injury, he wasn't the same. And for years, he was just kind of different. Then one day he was committed to Lancaster County Insane Asylum and labeled a quote unquote maniac. Mm. Leon was away for three months during this and the community around them would do things like provide food and other necessities. Uh, They again, very tough times. Sometimes the kids didn't even have clothes, so they were just running around naked. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Frida, his wife, decided it would be best for the family to return to Naples, where they had some family that could help them out. Yeah. So she began to make plans to move back on May 27th, 1919. Uh She petitioned the asylum to let him out. And while the asylum, they didn't notice any red flags with him, so they said sure. Mm -hmm. The first Saturday he was home, he just laid in bed singing nonsensically to himself. Yeah. That Sunday, though, the family was invited over to a neighbor's for supper, Uh a.k.a. lunch. Yeah. And... The two youngest children, the twins, Edwig and Afergi, the four-year-olds, had no clothes and they were left to stay alone at home, while Leon, his wife, and the two eldest children went for supper. Uh-huh. Upon leaving the meal, they returned home with some leftovers in hand or possibly taken. Yeah. Uh, the two eldest children went to play outside and Leon began to demand his wife to heat up the food they'd just brought home.
2: Uh-huh. She
1: thought this was unnecessary as they'd just eaten. Not all of them had, but... Yeah. <laughs> And he pushed back, and he got very aggressive, and he hit her, so she agreed to heat it up. Damn. Yeah. So while cooking, Leon headed to the room that the twins were laying in. This is when his wife began to hear strange noises, pounding noises. Frida was concerned and yelled to Leon that their two eldest children wanted to see him, just as, like, a distraction, I suppose. Yeah. Leon then came out from the room covered in blood with an axe in his hand and said, quote, this is how you do it.
0: This is how you do <laughs> it. That was what Montel Jordan actually wrote that song about. So. so Montel Jordan and Montel Williams. Anyway. Williams
1: was, I think, the talk show host. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Montel Jordan, I was right. Okay, good. good job. Good yeah, job.
1: Yeah. Good good recall. Yeah. Um, back to this horrific thing. Yeah, you know. So I'm laughing, and I'm so this is so gross. Frida ran outside screaming, and she was being chased by Leon. And Frida fainted. The neighbors oh, poor
0: time to fade.
1: Yeah, the neighbors soon saw that something was happening, and Leon returned inside the house and locked it. Yikes. A neighbor called the police, and another went to the house and heard Leon moving around. This is when Leon called to the neighbor by name and said, quote, come on in and get some fresh meat.
0: Ooh, no. It's so bad. We don't want your baby back ribs. No. They are from your actual baby. <laughs> yeah. Babies. Yeah.
1: A few moments later, Leon came out of the house naked with the bodies of the twins one over each shoulder.
0: Ooh. Wait, who is naked? Leon?
1: Yeah, everybody at this point. Damn. Everyone watched in horror as he dropped the bodies to the ground before picking them up again and placing them on a workbench in the yard and began to chop them up in the front yard.
0: This is the guy who like, yeah, it's good to release them, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: I used to think it was really embarrassing when my dad would brew beer on the front lawn. (laughs) And not that this, I mean, this is way past embarrassing,
0: Ugh, it's so embarrassing. Dad's <laughs> murdering my siblings in the front yard again. God.
1: I'm like laughing. At at the
0: same time. It's very sad, but also <laughs> this happened a long time yes, ago. Yes, yes.
1: Over a hundred years,
0: barely. So they would have been dead either way. Yeah.
1: So when the police arrived, Leanne was taken obviously into custody and taken to the Fairview Insane Sanatorium. Mm-hmm. That is until he escaped in 1923, as we know, and was never seen again.
0: Takes. Did the wife get murdered, too, or did she just faint?
1: She just fainted. She okay. did come back, too, at some point. And she actually went on to marry again and became Miss Bartholomew. Okay. But then one day there was an explosion and a fire that destroyed the house of her and her husband in Sunnydale. Damn. It's bad luck. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Or or who knows? I mean, it was an explosion, so. Yeah. If we want to get conspiratorial. Right. Leon's out there in the world. Yeah. I don't know. And here's another thing tying the Leon and Benny thing back together. I didn't know this, but eight months after Benny's murder on St. Aubin, Mm. they actually exhumed his body to check for fingerprints because I don't know if you recall, but there was a fingerprint found on the doorknob of the house. One single bloody fingerprint in that
0: case. So they exhumed the dead dead guy? Yeah. Okay. To see if it matches. They probably should have
1: checked before, but again- not the best police work done on this. Yeah, I'm
0: surprised they had fingerprints.
1: Yeah. And this is when the strangest of all connections was made. His fingerprints matched those found at the Aurelius home on the walls in blood. You know, back in 1919 in Pennsylvania, when Leon was seen hacking up his kids on the front lawn.
0: So is he Leon? Leon?
1: That was always one of the theories is that maybe they were the same person. There's no photos of them together yeah. out there in the world. 1923 is when he escaped. That's about the same time Benny got here. So there's a little bit of
0: yeah. what
1: is recorded correctly in history.
0: What is the truth, Ellen?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just weird. Yeah. Just weird. How did his fingerprints get there? How? That's us. Bloody like that. Yeah. now we're going to look a little bit more at the black hand theory too because this is interesting mm-hmm. Benny had actually lived across the street from his cousin Luis who lived with his wife and her family at 3532 St. Alban's. so same street Angelo Paparos, his cousin's father-in-law also lived there Angelo had previously been a victim of the black hand extortion uh-huh. in 1926 by Felix Sargento who demanded $5,000 from him Angelo stalled, and he actually called the police. The sting out plan was made with the police then. Angelo and Luis were, you know, going to pay them off, but the police were going to rush in. Yeah. But um, the problem is Felice Sargento, the person extorting them, mm. showed up to the meeting. Angelo was there. Luis was there. Felice was there. The police didn't. Of course so not. Angelo and Luis ended up killing Sargento.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: Which oh. is spelled like the cheese. I was going to say, wondering. was
0: this before or after he founded the company that exactly. made the cheese?
1: <laughs> and the police, understanding that they had fucked up, helped them get out of town. Police also received word that Benny himself might have been a black hander as someone gave them information that he was the middleman when they were extorted. Okay. That theory, even though it was like kind of a weak one, it's not quite as weak. Mm -hmm. And then one thing that I, I don't know that I really sold to is like through his occult practices. And I don't think I mentioned this before. One thought is that Benny possibly might be responsible for the whole thing Mm -hmm. because many said that he thought he could come back from the dead and this was a way to test it. Yikes. So he might have had someone. Off him? Yeah. Dang. No, no idea who, but. Crazy. I mean, any of the suspects. Yeah. Really. This next story, it's not related to money, but it's in the same time frame and it's less than a mile away from Benny's house. Okay. We're going to go to 1932. So three years after the Evangelista murders. Mm-hmm. Depression in full swing. It's not looking good for immigrants or African-Americans in the country. And we're going to enter Robert Harris into the story. Robert was a black man from Tennessee who arrived in Detroit just a few months after the great stock market crash, Mm -hmm. October of 29. And about four months after the murders of the Evangelista family. Mm -hmm. Detroit was looking kind of not great. Uh, So he turned to religion and he fell in with the Order of Islam, which later became known as the Nation of Islam, led by W.D. Fard. Okay. It served as hope for many in the community as it provided secret meeting places and halls and temples where they referred to everything around them as, quote, the wilderness of North America. Huh. And in Robert Harris's words, quote, the ninth hour of the 20th day had come Sunday. It was predestined 1,500 years ago that at that hour I must make a human sacrifice to my gods. It must not be a member of the Order of Islam, but some stranger, the first person I met after leaving my home. James right. Smith. Okay. Was a man who lived with his Har- wife in a boarding house at 1429 Dubois. And basically, Harris went on to bring James into the front room one morning on November of 1932, uh, where his wife and kids were sitting, waiting, as Harris had commanded them to do. He was a very strict man. He claimed Smith to be a willing sacrifice and that Smith then, quote, mounted an altar, stretched his arms and looked up. Then at noon, Harris plunged a knife into Smith's heart and followed it by crushing in his skull with an axe an axle from an automobile. Yikes. Horrible. Yeah. And he said, just to quiet him. That's why the axle.
0: I mean, I guess, but also like maybe just don't stab him. Yeah. Uh, police were. I had to crush his head because I stabbed him. <laughs> he was making too much noise. It
1: was so annoying.
0: Right.
1: So, police, when they arrived, found an eight inch knife stuck all the way into Smith's heart. Inside the house, they also found a sheet of paper with a sentence, quote, the unbeliever must be stabbed through the heart. It was cut out of a magazine or a book. Yikes. And after the incident, Harris and his wife, had actually gone to visit his brother in the Greek town area. Uh Uh, I'm not sure what it looked like exactly then, but.
0: I bet the casino was still there.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They were just at the slots. Right. They were playing fishdom.
0: Yep. (laughs) They were there playing the Britney
1: slots. (laughs) Or the clue ones I really like. Oh, the clue yeah, those ones. are fun. And they were arrested later that evening at his brother's house.
0: For the murder or for playing the slots?
1: Both. Damn. <laughs> so Harris was taken into custody. He also went by the name Robert Curian, as he said it was given to him by the Order of Islam. And they had a very the police had a very difficult time getting him to comply with being fingerprinted from his left hand they had to forcefully forcefully remove a glove as he claimed quote my right hand belongs to everyone but my left hand belongs to the king
0: okay
3: that uh, this yeah this guy he's yeah.
0: just spewing nonsense Yeah, you know
1: well and then he went on to spew a little bit more nonsense and say that smith the man who was murdered uh was a member of the same well they say cult in a lot of the articles, but again, like I think that's one of those words that's kind of...
0: Like voodoo, where they just kind of cover Yeah,
1: it. like changed meaning. meaning. Yeah. But um, he went on to say that at first, Smith had been reticent to be slaughtered, but agreed after being convinced to be a sacrifice, to become the savior of the world and go straight to heaven.
0: I would have loved to have heard that conversation. I know. I need I, to kill you.
1: Also. I wish
0: you wouldn't but you'll save the world. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he also claimed to ask Smith just before, do you still want to be killed? Like, you sure? You, you sure about this? I've got the knife right mm-hmm. over your heart. It's almost noon and noon's the special time. Cause they believe that was part of it too, where it had to be at noon. Right. But Harris also claimed that his wife and children who he considered to be his disciples looked unwillingly, but his wife made the statement to police that, they had been forced to do so under the threat of death.
0: I'm not fucking shocked. No. This guy seems to have a God complex. The God is speaking through me and telling me to tell you all these things.
1: Mm-hmm. Sir. <laughs> so obviously there's not a lot of connections between this and the evangelist murders other than proximity. And also just the kind of um, eeriness of the methods used. Yeah. And so the police at first they tried to make a connection between evangelist and Robert Harris because uh-huh. they were pretty embarrassed at this point too. Yeah, they had really kind of screwed the pooch on the last one. Yeah. At one point during investigation or talking to him, he did admit to doing it, but then his fingerprints didn't match, and then he was like, "Yeah, I didn't."
0: <laughs> I don't know why people like to commit like say they did crimes they didn't do.
1: It's very strange to me. And it, hap- it happens it a lot. A lot. Like it more happens th- too often. Yeah. Well, Harris also went to confess some other things. He also went to say that he had plans to kill then Mayor Murphy. Okay. Two judges and a public w- welfare worker. None of that was true. Dang. When his brother was questioned, Edward Harris, the one who had lived in Greektown, Yeah, he first told police that he was also a a member of the Order of Islam. He also mentioned that Robert was regarded as, in in his words, as being "quote unquote" demented, Uh and most would usually ignore him within this group. Yeah, Robert had no position with the in the organization, so he actually wasn't even a part of it, and he was definitely not a leader of it, as he was proclaiming. Yeah, so we're gonna.
0: He was lying? I know. To all these people? So weird,
1: right? Yeah. When he went in front of the judge, he wouldn't really follow any of the judge's requests,
2: Uh
1: uh, such as removing his hat. He refused that. Okay. And he claimed to have killed Smith because, quote, it's a dumb civilization, but I gave my children a break because I'm a lover of children. Well, I've got to go now. That's when... That was his defense in killing this guy? That's when he started to leave and he grabbed a box of rubber bands from the clerk's desk and began stuffing them into his pocket.
0: What? He's just like, it couldn't have been me because I love my children. I'm taking your rubber bands now. Innocence, bye. Mm-hmm. Obviously. What? <laughs> yeah. Look at my rubber band
1: pockets here.
0: Right. They're so like, distracting. Not only am I like, giving you a bullshit answer and walking out of your like just excusing myself, I'm also stealing from your de- office supplies. <laughs>
1: So, obviously, the bailiff stopped him and led him to a prison
0: cell.
1: But they did get the rubber bands back before putting him back in the prison cell.
0: Well, that's good.
1: And he was released sometime in the 1960s.
0: (laughs) Why? I can't imagine that much rehabilitation happened in, like, the 1920s to 1960s prison system. Nope. Yeah. No.
1: No. That it's it's so wild to me sometimes how people who commit murder are admit to committing murder are convicted of committing murder, especially like first degree murder. Sometimes the sentences are just ridiculously short, yeah, it's so weird, and it makes no sense, and obviously like I mean he probably needed some help, yeah. I'm sure he was not getting the help he needed in the 1960s. No. So that's the Robert Hare story. <laughs> that's that's the other uh, down the street story. And then I have one more story. Okay. Do you have time for one yeah, more yeah. story? This one is the other St. Aubin Street Massacre. Okay. This one, I'm not going to lie. This one's a little bit. This one's a bummer.
0: Because the other ones have been cheery so far. (laughs)
1: That's true. That's true. So.
0: I know we talked about a father butchering his naked children in the front yard and then someone (laughs) stabbing someone else in the heart with an axle. But this one's the bummer.
1: You'll see why.
0: Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited.
1: They are all really bummers. Uh, I promise my next story will not be this heavy.
0: I mean, it's fine. I'm I'm here to provide the levity. I'm going
1: to find something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, in this story, this takes place in 1990. Okay. And while the location, roughly, the horror of the scene and the body count are the same, they are very different. Okay. So, April 4th, 1990, what appeared to be a teenage girl was found screaming. They shot them all. In terror of the roof of a house on St. Aubin Street. Okay. She was covered in blood, and when the police arrived, they would find five bodies shot in the sec- on the second story and one additional body in the basement, all face down.
0: Damn.
1: So April 4th, 1990, around 3.30, a young 20-year-old woman with a small voice and slight build named Janet, it's not her actual name, but it's like a protective name yeah. given to her in every article, was visited by her boyfriend. Janet was very young-looking and often mistaken for being a younger teenager around the age of 12. As a 20 year old mm. woman. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, oh, wait, she was 20, but looked 12. Correct. Okay. Yes. Less problematic. Yes. than I thought of being 12 and looking yes. 20.
1: It also gets a little bit more. Bleh yeah. Because her boyfriend was a stark contrast to her being six foot one, 200 pounds, and 32 years old. Okay. His name was Stephen Owens. He was by trade a car thief, crack dealer, and police informant.
0: He's got lots of pots going. Lots of lots of pies in the he oven. He does.
1: I should also add homeowner because he owns the home. Work. So they visited some friends and decided they want to go roller skating in the night. But Owens wanted to run home for a bit to you know, freshen up. Yeah. Unfortunately, his ex-girlfriend Tamara had other plans for that evening. Uh-huh. So we're going to talk about Tamara Marshall, a.k.a. Honey. I will refer to her as Honey because
0: how do they spell? I Ta- Is it Tamara or Tamara? uh
1: Oh, that's a good question. T A M A R A.
0: I feel like it might be Tamara. Okay. But I don't know, because I'm just thinking it's a Tamara Maori.
1: Yeah. Which is weird because that's usually my default. And I don't know why I read tomorrow. It's probably is Tamara.
0: Just because I keep thinking you're saying tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't know about Well, I'm her. gonna call her Honey. Okay. Honey's great.
1: Just because it stands out a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Oh, Honey.
1: Yeah. So Honey was 18 years old and Owen's ex. Uh
2: uh-huh.
1: That evening, her boyfriend of two months, nineteen-year-old Mark Kazan, came and picked her up in her Southfield home around six p.m. Mm-hmm. Kazan then drove Honey to the home of twenty-year-old Mark Bell on American Near Retirement Avenue, and nineteen-year-old. What John avenue? Tireman.
0: Oh, they said American Retirement was what no. hurt for a minute. I'm like, what? What I kind will... of corporate-sponsored <laughs> street name? I will try to enunciate. Sorry, better. sorry, No, it's
1: it's me. I'm the problem. It's me.
0: All right, T Swift. <laughs> I think a Ticketmaster was the problem,
1: <laughs> but i uh, <nah>. uh,
0: topical.
1: <laughs> so on Tire Man Avenue, okay, uh, 19-year-old Jamal Biggs was also over, and the group, you know, just sitting around chatting. Yeah. Soon the talk turned to ways to get money. That's when, according to Kazan and Bell, Honey suggested robbing Owens, or in her words, she wanted to quote hit a lick. That's apparently okay. to rob. All right. I don't know things, but <laughs> I also like.
0: I don't know if robbing your ex is like the move,
1: but also let's put it in the perspective of how old.
0: True. They all are. Didn't think maybe like a lemonade stand first.
1: <laughs> it it might be a better idea. Yeah. So, honey, did come from a family with a criminal history. Okay. Might be also where the default of rob comes from. And she had her own run-ins with the law, including a history of drugs and robbery. Okay. Her brother was serving time. Her brother and sister were awaiting trial for murder. Only her youngest eight-year-old sibling was free of a rap sheet. She did have a rough upbringing in an abusive household that she left when she was about 16. Mm-hmm. She stayed at a friend's house, but one night her friend woke her up and told her to leave as her brother was talking about pimping her out. Ooh. Yeah. She only had about $100, and she met a Coke dealer who asked her for $90 for an 8-ball that she could then go sell for more money. He showed her how to sell it, and she doubled her money. So she stayed at the house he was selling from and began making money, selling as like a middleman. Yeah. In 1989, she made a lot of money, and she pulled her friend Mark Bell into it.
0: Okay. And that's not the ex. That's the friend. That's the friend. That's okay. the
1: um the friend's house, I believe, that they're okay. talking about it at. So... The group said, let's go. Yeah. So they got into two cars, a Ford Taurus with Honey and Kazon in it, and a white coupe with Bell and Biggs in it. They parked around the corner from the St. Albans home, near 75 and East McNichols, a little before about 9.30-ish. Okay. At that same time, Janet and Owens arrived to the house to freshen up before roller skating. Mm -hmm. Honey walked towards Owens' house. Honey got to the house at 9.30, just as Owens and Janet were walking in, basically. Uh Uh-huh. So Janet didn't know Honey, but he had, she had heard Owens talk about her. He would mentioned that she'd often set people up and rob them. Uh-huh. So also inside the house, because this house usually had a lot of people coming and going as he was dealing. Yeah. Was 21-year-old Carl Williams, an unemployed grocery clerk, and 16-year-old Bobby Lee Frazier, who was staying at the house. Okay. So Janet went inside the house. Owens and Honey kind of stayed on the lawn and talked. And five minutes after she went inside, they entered the house. Honey stayed about 10 minutes chatting with Fraser and Owens and then left. Mm -hmm. After she was gone, Janet went upstairs to watch a video while Owens went to shower and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kazan says at this point that Honey came back to the cars to get Biggs and Bell, and the three returned to the house, and he waited in the car. Yeah. Biggs and Honey went to the door, and Bell waited outside. So Honey's on the front lawn right now, and she began to yell Steve's name. It took three repetitions for him to go downstairs and see what's happening. Janet ignored it and continued just to watch her movie. Yeah. Next thing she knew, though, Honey was standing in the doorway of the room she was in holding a gun, which Janet kind of just ignored.
0: Yeah. The movie's on. What are you doing? (laughs) Don't interrupt. Right.
1: Then Honey said, quote, you must think you're really bad. You don't think I'll shoot you? She then rifled through Janet's purse and escorted her by gunpoint downstairs to the first level. This would begin the hour of terror. Okay. So on the first level, there were hostages, basically everybody in the house. And they included Owens, Frazier, Williams, and 15-year-old Robert Hill, who janen didn't know but would later learn was just stopping by. Mm-hmm. They were seated on the dining room floor along the wall. Standing over them with guns and hand-shouting orders was Jamal Biggs and Mark Bell. Mark Kazan sat in the car. He was the only one in the group with no record. hmm Jamal Biggs had already served time for armed robbery and Mark Bell had multiple weapon charges, felonious assault, and was at the time awaiting trial in another murder case for a man who was killed in a robbery that profited $2.70. Yes. This is
0: 1990, so it's not like 1910 to $2.20 and that could buy you like.
1: Yes. But it's
0: like,
1: I mean, I'm just going to go over the top. This twenty twenty $20, let's say, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So not much. No.
0: Not much.
1: And what happened next is a little unclear because all the testimonies have conflicting stories. Bell wouldn't talk to the police at all, but Kazon Biggs and Honey all gave their stories. Yeah. So this is the best of what I can piece together. And also, I did not mention uh, Janet as well. Obviously, yeah. talked. So now there's four hostages. They sat in fear. The assailants took turns watching them while others ransacked the house. But Steve's house was very active. People coming by all the time. Many people showed up during all of this hour. One group saw what was happening and fled. Some were turned away. Biggs later told police that he got rid of one group by saying the house was out of dope. But unfortunately, a few were brought inside. And that included 22-year-old Rodney Lewis and 18-year-old LaVon Robinson, who were added to the hostage count. Uh The group was ushered one by one upstairs to the second floor and split among the three small bedrooms. Janet was the last in line. She would later mention that Honey showed her a blend of compassion and callousness, which is maybe why she was the last. She had let Janet keep her earring, but she took her rings and necklace. Okay. Janet also said that when one of the gunmen asked Honey what to do with Janet, Mm -hmm. Honey's response was, quote, I don't know nothing about the bitch. Go ahead and kill her. I don't know her.
0: Damn, cold.
1: So now everybody's upstairs. Belle asked Janet how old she was, and Janet lied and claimed to be 14 instead of 20. This upset Bell, who began to kick Owens in the head for being a 32-year-old man involved with a quote-unquote 14-year-old girl, uh-huh. and the victims were all face down. Owens was lengthwise across the door of one bedroom, across the hall was Frazier, Williams, and Hill, and Janet was in another bedroom by herself. Uh, but Rodney Lewis, a close friend of Owens, and Ivan, who may have stopped by, extremely inebriated, were also added to the rooms. mm This is when the shots started and things began to escalate. Yeah. Janet could hear frantic running up and down the stairs and she could hear someone saying, keep shooting them. Mm -hmm. And steps moving from room to room, more shots. The shots loomed closer to her. And when it was done, seven had been fired upstairs into the head of each man. Owens receiving three himself. The shots were so close range with the 25 caliber that gunpowder was found in the scalps of the victims. Janet then heard footsteps go downstairs and outside the house arrived two more teenagers, LaVon Robinson and his friend, who had cut through a vacant lot and showed up at the back door. They were just coming over to hang out. Yeah. As they approached, a woman, a random woman joined them, but no one answered the knock, so they walked to the front. The door was wide open and they could see the ransacked living room. They turned away, but Biggs approached them from the street. Mm -hmm. The friend at this point asked Biggs what happened, to which they were told the house had been stuck up. Biggs followed them inside the house as they looked around Bell was coming down the stairs and told the friend to get his hands out of his pocket and close his eyes he obeyed but at first he thought it was a joke until his friend Levon dropped the movie he was holding and started to cry urging the man not to kill him okay Bell then told him to shut up Biggs went and put a gun to uh, the head and Bell put a gun to Robinson's head and all the three newcomers were ordered to the floor breaking down in tears as yeah. You would understandably so. They were going to be taken to the basement. So Robinson was taken first. Bell followed him. Robinson pleaded, but there was another gunshot. Mm. When his friend heard the footsteps going out of the house, he waited a moment and then he ran to the door. So the friend actually got away. Yeah. Uh Biggs was on the porch though when the friend was running away and yelled for him to freeze. So he slammed Biggs against the wall and punched him in the jaw and just ran as fast as he could. Nice. Yeah. Janet, at this point, was the only one alive upstairs. And Belle entered the room and told her he wasn't going to kill her because she was so young again, quote unquote 14. Yeah. But also warned her not to inform on him or anyone else. Yeah. Belle left, and Honey urged the group to hurry up. And the woman on the first floor during all this and Ivan, the very inebriated man, Mm -hmm. uh, were able to escape unharmed. It's good. Yeah. After the hour was done, Janet was the only one alive, and six were dead. Rodney Lewis, Carl Williams, Bobby Lee Frazier, Robert Hill, Stephen Owens, and LaVon Robinson. Okay. The four salons drove off and went to a west side Detroit motel to divide the goods, which ended up being somewhere, I saw a couple of different things, but about $400 and $130 worth of rock cocaine, according to Kazon. Okay. Other reports said about $2,000 and three and a half ounces of cocaine and some clothes and electronics, but yeah, they had about a just under a week to spend it all, as they were all arrested within seven days. What they had left behind in the house, however, was gold jewelry, other drugs, and more than $700.
0: They are really bad at this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All of them spoke to police, and Kazan and Bell said it was Honey's idea. Biggs told police she had a plan. She'd get them inside. Bell in later. When Honey spoke to the police, she had a different story. And that what ended up happening took her by surprise. She had only wanted to purchase that night. Yeah. So Honey's story is basically that the plan was to go to St. Aubin House where Mark Bell's pregnant girlfriend, Janet, was turning tricks since he had refused to pay for an abortion. When they got there, Owens was with two customers who wanted them to wait while he finished. So she went to the car and waited. After they left, Honey went inside with Bell behind her. He and his girlfriend started to argue and he wanted her to go to the car. Owens then began to argue with Bell who pulled out a gun. When Honey asked why he pulled out the gun, Bell stated that Owens had killed a guy he knew. Honey wanted to grab the drug, so she took two kilos off the table and left. She told Kazan, and then she told Kazan to leave, but Biggs said Bell told him to stay. He went in the house while she and Kazan drove away, so she thinks she left the scene like super early. Yeah. She said that she tried to get Janet to leave, but refused, and Honey told her to hide. When the cops came, Janet told them what happened, but the cops threatened her, so she made up a story about Honey robbing her, which she denies stating that she had nothing to do with it. In her version of things, when she was questioned, she asked if she wanted to be a witness or a suspect, and she said she didn't trust the police, claiming she was assaulted for two days and was refused a request to get a lawyer. One detective apparently shoved a ink pen in her right hand, but she's left hand dominant, and told her to write a confession. When she refused, her head was slammed into the table. She did state that Mark Kazan had nothing to do with it and was completely innocent as he knew nothing of the plans and was just giving her a ride. She also adds that Janet lied about not knowing Belle or being pregnant and was in fact helping him to rob the house. She also notes that she was not Steve's ex. He just had a crush on her and that made Janet jealous. And she says that the police evidence lied about ballistics. Only one gun was there, but they had claimed three. OK, so that was all there's a actually a video on YouTube in 2020 uh-huh. of Honey telling her side of things. And I read an article based on that, but that.
0: What a time to be alive. Yeah. Where people can now go on YouTube and talk about their crimes.
1: Yeah. Well, and
0: alleged crimes. Yeah. Alleged.
1: So the ballistics thing is interesting, though, it goes into 2013. Her lawyer asked for the ballistics to be retested, and it did prove that there was only one gun. So, despite this, her appeal was denied and no plea bargain offered, though. Yeah. During, and this is just an interesting thing about during her trial, because obviously all of them went to trial. Yeah. During Honey's trial, a juror said she couldn't participate anymore. It was supposed to be a few days, but it had been two weeks, and she had prior engagements. The judge was upset, obviously, especially when she didn't show the next day, because the judge said, no, you're staying. Honey's lawyer asked for a mistrial, but the judge refused and said that they were going to find the missing juror and a warrant was put out for the missing juror, the r- r- juror.
0: Oh, no, she's juring all the way around. <laughs> um, And this
1: uh, terrified the juror. <laughs> that is a really hard word. To say. Juror. Juror. Yeah. A warrant was put out for her. And while Honey was in county jail. During this trial. The juror was actually brought to the same cell.
0: Oh, no. So the honey beat the shit out of her?
1: Well, actually, the juror was very scared. And honey said she wasn't going to hurt her. And the juror mentioned that she had actually not been able to come because of a court date pertaining about her children.
0: Oh. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Which I'm like, why wouldn't you say that in the first place?
0: Right. Case? Why wouldn't you tell like the court that? And like just like... Prior engagement. Right. Mm-hmm. They like, yeah. get like maybe she was like, I want to talk about the, this trial with my kids, but like mm-hmm. pull the judge aside or, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how court works. I was in I did jury duty once. And they have not ask me back since. I'm <laughs> kind of okay with that. Knock <laughs> on wood.
1: So just actually, I just a couple sentences on everybody's outcome. Besides yeah, yeah. that, Kazan gave police a lot of information and was offered a plea deal to second degree murder with a sentence of ten to twenty years, which he went on to serve ten of. Mm. Uh, Honey was charged with first degree. She's now in her early 50s at the Women's Huron Correctional Facility. Okay. Biggs was also charged with first degree and is serving at the Muskegon Correctional Facility. And Richard Bell is also charged with first degree and serving at the Ionia Correctional Facility.
0: Interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. And that is the very unfortunate and very sad other St. Aubin Street Massacre. Yeah. Again, very different circumstances, very different stories, but just the proximity and yeah the death count
0: it, it just it's there are some parallels yeah yeah
1: and it's a decent-sized street but it's not
0: huge yeah, yeah. and
1: anymore there's not tons of housing on it but. yeah so real quick uh articles from lipstick and the so Deb podcast is mentioned also historic mysteries uh cult world And also a bunch of old articles that I don't have. I don't know what publications they came from Uh because they are photographs of them. And that wraps up everything I can think about St. Aubin Street.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've had to have covered it at this point. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Well, thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening.
0: Absolutely. Well, do you have time for Two Truths and the Lie?
1: I would love to lie to me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Lie to me.
0: So, mm-hmm. I have the top baby names in the state of Michigan from 2021.
1: <laughs> Random and I love
0: it. Yes. Which one of these is not in the top five? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do boys or girls? Mm, let's start with. Are we doing both? We can do both. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's do. Let's do boys and then girls. Just because, I don't know.
0: Okay. The top three male
3: names, mm-hmm. and one of these will be alive, are Liam, okay. Noah, and Carter. Oh, that's tough. I'm going to go Noah.
0: Noah is actually number one. Darn it. That ass. Yeah. 50, 50 485.
1: Wow. Carter?
0: Carter was the lie. Okay. That was number 19.
1: Okay. Wow. Uh, let's go girls. Let's do it.
3: All right. So for girls, we have Avery,
0: Charlotte, and Amelia. Charlotte. Charlotte's number one. Dang it. 509. Wow. I, I these only... are from the social security online database. Okay. Which I didn't know that was a thing. Social security administration. I
1: had friends that all wanted to name their kids Avery. But that was also a bit ago. So I'm going to go Avery on this one.
0: Avery is correct. Avery is okay. number, well, it's tied for 20th with Penelope. Oh. There were 200 Penelopes and 200 Averys.
1: What a tie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like just discovered this like social security database exists. And I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Baby I, names.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to. The least popular for either category. Ooh. Is Jude for boys. Hey, well, it's a three-way tie at the okay. bottom. Oh. Dylan, Jaden, and Jude all have 108 babies named that.
1: Okay.
0: There's also a three way tie for the girls. Interesting. Okay. Cecilia, Julia, and Lila. Oh. Yeah. Delilah, on the other hand, very much. Popular. Higher, much higher. It's a mid- <laughs> it's a mid tier name.
1: What about Delia? Like that catalog from the nineties. Is that on there?
0: Delia. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I do not see Adelia. Okay. There were 121 Naomi's, though.
1: Hmm. I wonder... Like Naomi Campbell?
0: Yes.
3: Of
1: The Scream?
0: I don't see Charles on here at all. I was just thinking this is the year my nephew was born. I don't know. Didn't even crack the list. Aww. Cooper did, though. Yeah. Cooper's a popular one. Four-way yeah. tie, though, between Carson, Christopher Cooper, and Elias.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Charles is forty six. forty fifth popular. Weird. Yeah, baby. It's just it's weird to see how baby names come and go. And like, cause I feel like in like the two thousands, I feel like old lady names came back into. Oh
1: yeah. Like Hard.
0: style like opal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not opal maybe, but like.
1: I had a friend in high school named Rose, and it wasn't popular. You know, like yeah, that, and I loved it though. And it fit her. So, I mean, yeah. she wasn't a lady by any stretch of right, imagination, right. but she was just a perfect rose and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know of any names that you could have been or like alternatives? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So if I was a girl, I would have been Shelby. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Glad I wasn't a girl.
1: There's some good Shelbys there's out good, there. No, I'm not yeah. saying there's
0: not good Shelbys, but just like. You as
1: a Shelby doesn't make sense.
0: Not, absolutely no, absolutely not. My sister was going to be Andrew, I think, if she was a boy. Okay. My mom says if she could go back and do it again, she would have named me Dominic.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Which I don't think suits me. Either.
1: No. I feel like you would have to have a nickname, but I don't know what it would be because you're not a Dom.
0: No, I'm not a Dom at all. Uh-uh. Nick? Maybe. But I feel like people would be like, oh, is a Shepherd sure Nicholas? I'm like, no, it's sure for Dominic.
1: Yeah, but that's fine. It's still fine. Yeah. But
0: I would spell it NIC, I guess hmm Okay.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Also, I know my mom was tossing around the name Miranda, but shortening it to Randy.
1: That's cute. All I know is if I was born male, I would have been Zachariah.
0: Oh, you dodged. We both dodged both. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I was like, no. Like. No. Why the Araya?
0: What, the sweet why not Zachariah? Like, Zachary Zachariah. would have been fine. Zachariah. I don't know. I don't know about her. I don't know. I don't know about the Ayas, Unless it's Mariah. I don't know about that. I think my parents just, I don't know,
1: saw the hippie culture too much or something. Like, because I feel like that's a very, like.
0: Zachariah. I feel like Zachariah is more Zachariah. religious than hippie, though.
1: But they're not even that religious. So yeah, I think it what, was yeah. definitely hippie. Fair. I mean, they not to say they aren't, and they were both raised religiously. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's where that pull came from. Yeah, I think it was more. They were too young to be actual hippies and they were still kind of. Yeah. Riding the wavelengths of it. Yeah. you know, af- Well, well after the fact. Yeah. I mean, I was also raised at a Renaissance festival. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> I feel like Zachariah fits in with the Renaissance festival.
1: <laughs> in a weird way.
0: My mother did try and name my cousin's baby Jethro Luigi, but she was not having it. I like
1: that. That's
0: Jethro so Luigi. I mean, it's not
1: good, but it's funny. Right. Um, my mom thought she was being very clever with my name, which Jessica. is funny. Yeah, she thought it was a very unique name until everybody named well, their daughter that, Jessica. Now. I'm going to
0: put in your birth year and see how far Jessica is. Mm-hmm. I'll keep it in Michigan.
1: Okay. I will say there's more of them
0: after me. Number two. Jessica is number two your birth year.
1: Number two in my birth year. Oh, my. Just behind Jennifer. Oh,
0: my. See my birth year now.
1: That's so funny. And she thought it was. Michael was
0: the top in your. For the boys.
1: Oh, okay. Are you looking up yours now?
0: Yeah. Okay. Michael is still the top in
3: 1992.
0: Wow. uh, Staying up there. Alexander was number 20. Jessica's still number two.
3: That does
1: actually that doesn't surprise me because I do know a lot of uh younger.
0: Jennifer plummeted justices, though, all the way down to 20. As
1: she should.
0: <laughs> Damn. You
3: showed her. I'm I'm very
0: mean. Yeah. It's we so yeah, if anyone wants to look around at this, it's just SSA.gov. Fun. Yeah. I don't know how I thought of this or stumbled upon it, but I was just like, this is fun.
1: I love it. I love a um, discussion starter. Yeah. Really is what that was. Yeah. More than anything. More than like tons of information. Right. It's just a a fun little tidbit.
3: Yeah. I love it. Thank you. For sure. I think we wrapped. I think we're very wrapped. Yeah. Like,
1: I don't want to reference anything from today's story because it was all very gruesome and gross. So
0: Wrapped like none of the cases in today's story. (laughs) Exactly actually well yep <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah if you want to follow us on social media yeah yeah you can follow us on instagram at detroit strange uh you can email us at detroit strange at com. yeah uh we got the facebook as well we're open yeah. there
0: twitter you know if it's up right now we have a twitter like if i mean twitter the website if it's up right now we have a twitter we don't oh, use yeah. it very often but
1: it's, yes. It's, you know. It exists if Twitter, you just want to go Twitter barely
0: exists these days, it seems like, so. Who knows? Yeah.
1: I forget about Twitter. I mean,
0: I just keep seeing dumpster fire articles yeah. about it. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you want to support the show, we've also got Threadless merch.
0: Yes, and a Patreon.
1: And a Patreon. And always, we want to hear from you.
0: Yeah, that, interviews. hmm Yeah. I think... Until next time, stay, stay strange. strange.
1: This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Stacks and Violence.